I had on Darius Malik for episode 85 of Just Because, the Human Experience Podcast. I came up and I started listening to his music. You can find it on Spotify. Basically, if you Google him, it'll it'll pop up YouTube, Apple Music. Uh, I love this music and I love being able to talk to him. And it was great because we didn't just stay on music. We went all over the place. It was it was really a beautiful conversation because I love talking to people from different walks of life and seeing what makes them tick. And it was it was pretty neat to to do that. Do you want to say anything? What's your what song were we playing? I thought it was Baby Shark. Can you sing it into the mic? You want to say anything else? I rock. I rock. You rock? get started. Uh, I'm, I'm Michael. I'm Michael Lobo. I almost forgot my name. I'm here with uh, Darius Malik. Thanks for doing this. Um, I wanted to do this because I'm I'm really trying to talk to, to more artists in the community, more people just doing their thing. And um, you came up uh, suggested on my Instagram because um, we, we follow, I guess, the same people. And so I checked out your music on Spotify. Oh, and as soon as, as soon as I ran through a few songs, I was like, I need to talk to this dude. Like, oh, I, and I and I and I loved it. So. Um, yeah, how how long? We'll just where are you from? We'll we'll oh, go there and then come up to here. Yeah. Okay, sure, sure. Uh, originally, I'm from Minneapolis, Minnesota. Uh-huh. So I'm born and raised uh, right there in Minneapolis. I've coming to Phoenix. I've been here about probably maybe five years, okay. five six years, something like that. Yeah. Um, I went to college here. Went to Arizona State. Um, went to a few JUCOs here to Mesa, Phoenix College. Yeah. Um, and I also went to high school here for a year and a half. I went to Cesar Chavez. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, what made you move out here then? Um, actually, initially, I was 16 when I first came here. So uh, the story goes, I was uh, in Minneapolis, and then uh, my father had always lived out here. Um, mm-hmm. he, uh, he was obviously in my life, and he went back and forth, but he always stayed here. And when I was 16, I actually went to my mom one day, and I just said, Mom, I need to learn how to be a man. I need to go live with my dad. Yeah. I don't know what gave me that, like, idea or intuition. It was just, like, something that just came up. Like, it, it was. I just felt very strongly about it at that point. Um, but it was a great decision because I definitely learned – um, how to be a man, how to uh, interact with, with people from a man perspective, and also just kind of how to handle my business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Were, you, were you close with your mom? How did your mom handle that decision of, I want to go live with my dad? <laughs> I think she was shocked uh-huh. <laughs> because I'd always live with my mom. And as, a, as I was saying, my dad would always come there. Um, you know, we'd be with him, or I had been to Arizona with him before. Like, we had uh, did a, like a road trip mm-hmm. across like four states or whatever and uh it's a long drive yeah i bet i know (laughs) but but, uh yeah so we had done that and um he has always been in my life but uh i think at that point um 
I think she was like, she thought I was joking at first, and she okay. just initially was like, nah, no way. Um, but the more she thought about it, um, she understood that there were things that my dad could teach me that she that she couldn't, per se. Yeah. And I did have a stepdad in the house. It's not like I didn't have a male figure there mm-hmm. in the home, but um, I knew from my real dad that there were certain conversations that needed to be had and yeah. um, certain lessons that needed to be uh uh, given to me, so um, yeah, she she eventually went with it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What were some of the um, the the cultural differences between Minnesota and Phoenix that you you first noticed? Yeah, uh, man, that's a good one. Minneapolis has a, a rich history of like music. Okay. Um, I, I think like <clears throat> especially where I stayed, I was in South Minneapolis, so it's about. Literally, I've lived like seven minutes from downtown my whole life. So uh, the music scene down there is very eclectic. Obviously, Prince Rogers came from there, Morris Day. Um, Even uh, Bob Dylan is from Minneapolis. And uh, it's real eclectic, a lot of live music, a lot of live scenes um, as far as um, the music is concerned. I know the culture is very set on that, a very eclectic, like uh, rustic. Okay. What's the other word I'm looking for? Vintage. That's kind of mm-hmm. how people dress out there. It's very um, like a throwback. Everyone kind of dresses in their own way. Yeah. Um, and when I came here, I noticed um, the culture was very impressionable to me. It wasn't a set culture. Yeah. I seen certain um, certain things that maybe was sort of like a West Coast uh, staple, like you know something similar to how California would behave, but not exactly. Yeah. Um, but I noticed a lot that there were so many people from that were not from Arizona that the yeah. culture was just kind of mixed and there wasn't really like a set culture to me from what I understood when I came here it didn't uh, it was definitely a west coast uh, type of feel but it wasn't a set culture as far as like what I'm used to in the city yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely agree with that it's it's this weird uh, trying to figure out who we are exactly. but then it's like all these people thrown in from exactly. different places so I think it makes it hard to kind of actually set the culture yeah yeah, yeah. what were um, some of the first or, or biggest lessons uh, you learned from living with your dad oh. you were talking about some of the lessons you were trying yeah, to learn that's a good one um, I think the first one is uh, men uh, we, we don't complain uh, we don't cry about things certain things are going to happen in your life and I was used to being uh, coddled in a, in a way because I mean my mom was a nurturer it's not that she did anything wrong that's just how she was built right. so um, when certain things wouldn't go my way with my dad he just really tell me like it is and at first I was a little like shocked by that yeah. like man you just like gonna be so blatant and direct yeah. with me but uh, <laughs> he would and then I started to realize I stopped I stopped I came out of a victim mentality into a mentality that I have uh, to pay for all the decisions in my life. There are yeah. pros and cons. There, there are decisions that are made, and then you have to accept all of the consequences of that. And so I got out of a victim mentality from, like, as a child, believing everything is happening to you. and started okay. to realize a lot of things that I could control, and I have to worry about those things that I could control. Um, another thing that he uh, always uh, taught me was don't let people live rent free in your head. Basically, um, people that are not taking people that don't mean enough to your livelihood, right? Because I mean, there's billions of people in the world. Yeah. You know, one person not liking you is not going to uh, destroy your world, or that shouldn't make you distraught, or you shouldn't be dwelling on things that you can't control because that's taking up free free rent space in your head. Yeah. You understand what I mean? Yeah. And you could be using that energy for something. Um, something that you could be doing to better your own life. Um, I think those are two of the biggest lessons that I've learned. Um, definitely just to take things as they are. 
face. Also, um, the last thing I would probably say is anytime a problems arise, a problem arises, he told me to just meet it with force. Um, okay. Don't allow people. Don't be react reactionary. Be a person that is that that meets it meets whatever the problem is with the same type of energy. Yeah, and you can usually halt it. Yeah, yeah so. I like those a lot. Yeah. I I definitely struggle with the. Um, uh, giving people uh, the rent space in yeah, my head yeah. I'll sit there and I'll go well, why don't they like me exactly. and I'll just sit there and I'll and it, it's a lot of energy and time that I, uh, <laughs> I I've lost for that um, and now with ASU uh, what did you major and what was what was that like for you yeah ASU was a great experience man I yeah. think um, before I get into how ASU was I think college as a whole um, I think people need to see it more uh as more than just getting grades. I think oh, yeah. college is the best place, one of the best places to actually network with people. Mm -hmm. So I think people should be paying attention um, not only to their grades and where they're going, whether you're going to law school, med school, whatever you're doing, if you're trying to stay in academia or if you're just, you want to hit the workforce after you get your bachelor's. I think people have to focus more on the people that you're around and mm -hmm. actually becoming friends with people, networking with people and learning how to be a social, learning how to, to deal socially with other other people in that setting. Yeah, yeah. Um, but ASU in particular, um, I really liked uh, ASU. Um, had a lot of people from a lot of different places. Yeah. Uh, I mean, as you know, it's actually, at the time I was going there, I don't know now, I think it was the most enrolled school in the nation. So um, it was a lot of different personalities. I think uh, the relationships I made with people there um, are, are relationships for a lifetime. Mm -hmm. um, I met a lot of solid people, a lot of people that are doing great things um, uh, in the workspace and also in the community. Mm -hmm. um, I think one uh portion of ASU that really uh, made a huge impact on me was the Black Student Union. Mm -hmm. um, I learned a lot um, from my African American study classes, and these are just electives because my major was actually business law. Okay. So um, I, I have a strong interest in business and obviously the uh, law. Mm -hmm. um, so, and uh, eventually I'm going to go to law school. But um, that uh, those African American studies classes really made made uh, made a huge impact on me. Yeah. Um, and being able to see the world outside of my my own cocoon of how I grew up and uh, my experiences and things of that nature, and being able to actually back up and see everything objectively for uh, a community, not necessarily yeah. just myself. Yeah. So yeah. Um, with with uh, with the song you did, uh, Killmonger, and then and then um, I think you had a post on on Facebook. You know, you're talking about right, you right. own a home, right? Being a black homeowner. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. It's. There's this misunderstanding where, where if you say you're, you're pro-black or you're pro-whatever yeah. your heritage is, yeah. everyone thinks it's, well, that means they hate everybody else, right. which is not, it's not <laughs> what it is. Right. Um, did, did you grow up with um, the idea of, of loving being pro-black? Because I'm, I, so being Filipino, we, we never talked about who my people were. So I'm like, I still, I don't know anything about my, my culture really besides yeah. the food and whatever. But, um, so I don't, I sad to say, I don't have a deep understanding of it. Um, so when did the, the appreciation for your culture, uh, come in? Um, I think it's something that was intentional with okay. my household, um, starting with my grandmother, um, who's her actual father was a slave. He was a freed slave, mm. um, but he was in slavery, um, so on and so forth. And, uh, I always was given, I used to be a voracious reader as a kid, not so much now, I'm more so like, like audiobooks, but, yeah, yeah. Um, but, or maybe it's because college did that to yeah, me, yeah. but, uh, 
I used to be a voracious reader, and the, the books that my mother and my uh, grandmother used to get me were all like pro-black books. I used to learn okay. about all of these uh, heroes in the black community, Mega Evers, uh, Fred Hampton, obviously, uh, Harriet Tubman, Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, uh, Huey P. Newton, um, all of these great giants that did yeah. uh, great things in the community and, and for in, in America, Angela Davis. Um, and I somewhere in that in that space as I was growing up um, I, it just kind of took hold to me mm-hmm. um, as like I, I just knew like this this really this this was something that I wanted to be I always um, basically the 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 premise that I got from reading that much would be that I needed to live for something greater than myself yeah. you know what I mean like I mean I could have a great life I could have money I could have a beautiful wife kids and all that great stuff but I wouldn't really feel fulfilled if I didn't do my duty uh, to my community yeah. and I um, I always kept kept that in mind so I knew that whatever I did as whether uh, in a, a workspace or uh, just my own hobbies and things of that nature I needed to have that that uh, that intention um, mm. with everything that I did I needed to have an idea of like how does this affect my community am I yeah. am I making my community look good am I re- representing us correctly or um, a- am I not and I need to make changes if I'm not or um, because it's it's about the bigger picture especially in a place like America if we were just in a space where we were in maybe Africa or something like that where it's all black people yeah. or majority then you can live a little bit more free, but um, in America, you need to be intentional with your actions and how you're how you're moving, and that's just oh, the, the premise that has been set um, since I was young, and uh, I'm more aware of that more than ever today. Yeah, yeah. and um, with with the lessons your your dad taught you and your mom taught you, what are some of those that um, you're definitely keeping keeping in mind with with your son now, mm-hmm. as now that you're a father? Yeah, definitely. I think the first thing is. excuse me my father taught me to be emotional with Mm -hmm. my son um don't be emotionally stagnant with him or just like hard he was like kiss your son you know what i mean hug him yeah Uh, make him feel that emotional connection to you um so that's one thing my dad always used to do used to kiss me on the cheek and stuff like that i'm like yeah "Yeah, stop that (laughs) oh yeah you know what i mean because you know as a kid i'm not really realizing what he's doing uh but as i grew up I, i knew i became emotionally strong and i wasn't uh, uh, wasn't lacking in that in that capacity, and I think a lot of people, especially in my community, I can speak for that, but in the world per se, but I say in my community because uh, the lack of a black uh, black father being having an emotional connection with the kids is mm. is really making kids feel like they're missing something, and it, and it's not even a feeling they are they're missing something because I mean the mom can give you a lot of things, but. Uh, the, the thing that I believe that a father gives you is affirmation and they set the vision for their children yeah. you know what I mean um, they, 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 they are able to see years down the line what you can be and things of that nature your mom they're gonna always say well you could do this or you could do that because they have all children you know yeah. but that dad giving that affirmation gives kids a different fire a different drive a different intention when your dad says you can do it mm-hmm. like you believe him you know what I mean yeah. your mom you can believe her. You're like, yeah, all right, mom, I yeah. can do it. But when your dad tells you that, I'm proud of you. You can do it. Yeah, like, that does something to you. And so, I just always try to have that emotional connection with my son, and obviously give him affirmation, yeah. and teach him, um, make it, let him be emotionally intelligent, um, and just I'm gonna teach him uh, 
very, very early on about his actions and the consequences mm-hmm. of his actions. You know, he just can't be as careless maybe as other people. Right. Know? Yeah. 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 And I, I, I definitely get that. With uh, my dad was was just cold. Right. Just get just get A's. Just do your thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now with with my son, he he's two, and I, I do the same thing. I make sure to kiss him. I tell him I love him. I yeah. tell him it'll be okay or, or whatever it is yeah, yeah so that that uh, I definitely um, I resonate with with that idea of that, that emotional strength mm-hmm. now in 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 high school because you kind of jumped here when you were like a junior right yeah. junior um, so what what kid were you in high school <laughs> uh, I was a I was a cool kid man. I was a I was cool but a low-key I wasn't like okay. a super jock I did play football but I wasn't a super jock um, I was uh, I I was always pretty short. Like people thought I was gonna be real short because in high school I was like five two for some reason. Okay, like yeah. I just was like super short. You know, obviously yeah. now I'm bigger, but like people really thought I was gonna be like a midget or something like that. But I was always super cool. I dressed pretty cool. So um, and I always dressed like myself. I was never afraid to be myself. So I think that's why I got a lot of love from people. Yeah. I never had like no any issues like bullying or anybody doing anything like that to me because. I mean, I was, I mean, they could see me in my eyes. I wasn't playing. I was never a pushover, but, right. um, you know, I was just, I was just cool. I was, um, academically, I did very well. So I always would make connections with like nerds and other people that people deem nerds or not the cool kids. I would have friends in that, yeah. that space, that social space, but also obviously me being super pro black and who I am in the black space, I was also able to navigate those waters as well. So I think I, I look at myself as a person that could just bridge that gap mm-hmm. uh, basically because I mean, in Minnesota, um, out here, black and white relations, I think aren't as like prevalent as Minneapolis. Minneapolis okay. is heavily like, they got a lot of interracial dating and yeah. just like white and black people really seem to be, uh, they they just do a lot up there, it seems like, together to yeah, yeah. my understanding and my estimation. But So I just kind of knew how to navigate both both uh, both social communities, right? So I think I could just bridge that gap. I was just real cool, real low-key. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And what drew you to, to, business, to business law? That seems like pretty intense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's a great question. I think I always had an ambition for law. Okay. Or, uh, for business, actually. Um, I, I just knew, like, I want to get in the entrepreneurial space. Like, right now, I've been working on some merch, and um, I'm opening up a group home in January. And oh, nice. uh, actually trying to do some, uh, uh, I just bought a car so I could do some transportation for some group homes that are already established right now. So that's going to be another extension of my business. And even with my music, like I'm indie, I started like a business, um, uh, you know, it's called John Relista Collective. This is actually exclusive. No one knows that right oh, now. Oh, but oh. Um, So uh, that'll, that'll, we'll be under that banner from here on out. And so. Um, I just always was ambitious as far as from the business sector. That's really just been in my heart. I just always had that fire to just want to get something because I hate trading time for money. I, I don't like that. That, yeah. that, that dynamic. Personally, I feel like I have enough gifts and if I tap in enough to the purpose that God gave me, then I should be able to create money for myself. So yeah. I always just kind of felt like that. Um, from the law perspective, honestly, um, it was an idea I had because I, I used to really like to debate and argue all the time. And, you know, that was really like my thing. I used yeah. to love to argue with people and just like nice. give them certain ideas and just challenge their uh, ideas about certain things. And I would just I really would just love to get off by that. But um, actually what changed my mind was there was a movie uh, about Thurgood Marshall. 
okay. who was a, a black lawyer, civil rights attorney um, mm-hmm. back at, during the civil rights movement. He actually went to Howard, um, and I seen a movie. They had a movie about him. Um, I believe the same actor that played in Black Panther. Yeah, uh, Chadwick him. Boseman. Yeah. yeah, Boseman. Yeah. Um, so um, he uh, that movie just like really like substantiated why I wanted to be a lawyer like everything okay. that he wasn't represented to the to his people and his community is like something that I really wanted to to uh, duplicate and okay. so I was like I'm really gonna do this um, now my plan now I could have went to law school directly after after uh, school but I want to get my music to a certain level where it's kind of working like clockwork I put enough music out that I'm kind of okay. like floating and then I'll go to law school yeah yeah so then now that's great with the music <laughs> Can you tell me about that? How long have you been have you been writing? How long what's your what's your story with that? I got you. So as far as music is concerned, I've been singing all my life. I come okay. from the church, so I, I'm used to like singing in that sector a little bit more. I never really wanted to be an artist. I can't like say, hey, I've been like trying to do this since I was nine or anything like that. That's not really my story. Yeah. I kinda had an unconventional story. Um so initially what happened was my friend a good friend of mine who I actually met at ASU was was rapping, mm-hmm. and um, he kind of needed some help with like some hooks and and uh, just like harmonizing and things of that nature. So I said, "Okay, I'll help you out." You know, he knew that I sung and things of that nature. So helped him out. I started to do it. Um, the music was pretty cool. I didn't really think much of it. I wasn't like, "Hey, I'm gonna go be an artist now." I was just like, "Cool, that's that, and I'm good." Yeah. I actually went, ended up going to Chicago at, to this conference. Um, and obviously, I'm Pentecostal. I believe in God um, and Jesus Christ, all that. Um, the black one, not the white one. But no, yes, yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> not that white guy. That you have oh, yeah. Picture. No, that but, is. Um, so uh, what happened was I, I actually went there, and a guy that didn't know me, his name is Ravon. Um, he's out of North Carolina. He's a pastor. He actually told me, he said, um, uh, you're doing music and I wasn't singing here now I just want to oh, okay. like set the stage and so like I can show people exactly like how crazy this was I wasn't singing I was like just me and him we met each other and uh, we were doing some prophetic training and stuff like that and uh, so he started to talk to me and he said hey man you have a you he said you're doing some music right now you're actually helping out a friend um, he said but you think that uh, it's secular so you're ready to give it up because I kind of was like very religious at the time and I had like real like the rules and I needed to follow this and I need Uh to be like in this box because this is the religious like this is okay in a religious Mm -hmm. sector so um, uh, that's kind of how everything worked as far as that but just relax Um, but (laughs) my son but uh, he told me he said hey um, you're doing some music right now and you think it's secular and so you want to stop it but he said God said don't stop keep doing it people are going to come for the music and meet the anointing and I was like what? so I'm looking at the guy I said yeah. no bro I said <laughs> I said nah I don't know what you're talking about right so I'm just playing it off like I don't really know what he's saying but he hit me like to my core because I'm like yeah. how does he know I do music and how does he know I feel this way about like the music that I'm doing that was the real kicker but that's I mean obviously I know that God's real. Like, can't anyone tell me he's not? Like, I've just seen too much at this point. But, um, you know, God thought thought uh, thought enough of whatever I was doing to speak to him, to speak to me. And so I said, okay. Um, I still was a little bit hesitant, but actually God started to send me, like, dreams. I would see myself in, like, bars and um, clubs and all types of things, like uh, ministering to people and things, and places that I, I... my religious mind said God would not be. Mm-hmm. 
So um, once I seen that, I said, okay, I finally just gave in. I said, God, if you want me to do music, well, you just got to give me the plan and you got to show me how to do it. I had no contacts in the music industry. I knew nobody in the music mm-hmm. industry. I just was like, and I didn't really think I had the temperament of a music guy. I'm not super, I, I, I mean, I think I'm charismatic, but at times when I feel like it, you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty much an introvert for the most part. I, I'm really a homebody for the most part, so... Um, I just was like, I don't really see myself like, uh, like being this R and B guy or whatever. But I just stuck with it. Um, I uh, started to put my tape together, and then when I had my listening parties, when I really knew, I was like, wow. So I think I think I could really do this because yeah. my first event I ever had here, I had like eighty to ninety people there, and I'm like, these people are here for my music. That's yeah. nuts. Like it was just a what? listening party. Sorry, what year is this at this um, time now? The year was. Well, tape came out at 18 so it was last year oh okay so last year uh i want to say in august Mm -hmm. um 2018 yeah me and uh my my friend who i was actually helping out with the music we put together some of our best songs we decided we're gonna have a listening party um have some more dirts and some drinks there stuff like that people came up and i made people dress like upscale because i really wanted to make it feel like they were going somewhere and um they came through and uh they supported me and I was like, wow, I can really do this now. So now uh, I'm looking to probably maybe have a listening party, maybe at the top of the year to debut some new music. I'm nice. actually going to do a, like a live concert, but I'm trying to at least get about 150, 200 people there. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, that's how I am. That'd be, that'd be, yeah. So what, what I loved is how, how raw the music feels. And it just, I, I could tell it, it just connects and like, it just hits you in the heart. Mm-hmm. I don't, I I don't know if that's making like it's coming from you inside. It's not yeah. just some some level of conviction. Some, in it. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's what I really loved about it. And mm-hmm. and then there's a in a couple of the songs, and this is just how I'm reading. I don't know like the where it came from, but um, there's there's some heartache and there's some there's some pain there, <laughs> and 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 it's beautiful. Like um, um, rent, yeah. I really love rent. Um, <laughs> and then there was. Um, a thousand, yeah. also too, um, and it's yeah, and so feelings missing and what you do, it's this create yeah, and it's it's this crazy genuine feeling that comes out. And so, can can you talk a little bit um, about a few of those songs? Maybe what inspired um, some of those songs? Sure, sure. Um, so, I think initially when I first started to think about like <clears throat> what I wanted to represent. As far as my brand or whatever, like what what do people want to see from me that will be different than this other guy that can sing? Right, because right? a lot of people can sing. Um, God kind of started to deal with me personally about um, just give people a real perspective of a journey and when you're trying to follow Christ. It's not all like, oh man, I just gotta say everything's great now. Oh yeah, I'm awesome. Every I feel great all the time. I'm yeah. I'm never depressed. I'm never sad. I, I never feel like oh this girl broke my heart. I never feel like. I don't feel emotions. No, I do feel emotions, but at the end of the day, God is there to patch me back up, and eventually he does get me back to regular, but I still have to go through the emotion, you know what I mean? So I wanted to give people a real idea of, like, a journey um, in in following Christ, but also I I wanted to... he kind of started to open up my perspective because I was just like, well, I don't want to do like the traditional gospel route, like three background singers singing about Jesus yeah, because yeah. I could sing about Jesus all day, but people want to know why. 
Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, especially my generation, like, you can sing about whatever you want, but they're like, why? Why yeah, do you yeah. believe in that? Why do you think, why do you think that? You know, there's so many different opinions, so people want your opinion to be substantiated with something. So mm-hmm. I wanted to give people, like, a, a real, uh, the real heart of me and what I represent. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, as far as some of the songs, like, it was just dealing with um, some heartbreak um, yeah. with obviously with women and I uh, was just having uh, I mean women have been like around my life all, all the whole time it seems yeah. like but um, yeah just dealing with certain things and uh, certain things I wasn't ready for as far as from a perspective of like maybe like a relationship or maybe maybe uh, diving in too far I used to be very um, I used to be very impressionable like I used to think like oh man everyone's pretty you know, okay to a certain degree, and I was very naive in a lot of ways, and so um, that uh, I, th- I think my heart was broken, yeah. and then I, I got patched back up, and I'm still not, I'm not like exactly like jaded, I don't, could because I just believe that you got to find your people, it's not about, mm-hmm. oh man, all people are bad, nah, I think people lose composure, I think anyone is capable of anything, you yeah. could put them in the wrong situation, but I think that you have to find the people with pure intentions, right? Even if that doesn't come out the best way, if it's not always, uh, you know, shown in the best light, but you have to find people with pure intentions. I mm-hmm. think that's that's the basis of my music and um, some of the songs like, you know, A Thousand or Rent. Um, Rent was a, man, I don't even know how I wrote that song because it was just like, uh, I felt, uh, I was in a relationship with a girl and uh, I she really liked me. She, she I, probably would say borderline loved me but I didn't feel like I wanted to give her or I was able to give her what she needed the type of love that she wanted to give me yeah and so it was very heartbreaking because it's like well I got a heart of gold but that won't be enough though yeah like I actually do have a great heart but I I can't give that to you you know what I mean and Mm -hmm. so it was like you gotta pay up if you gonna yeah. if you gonna stay with her, but I don't really have like I don't got the rent. You know yeah, what I mean? yeah. So that was the concept with that, and it was kind of sad. Like even just writing that because it was like, ah, man, like it was a real situation. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Where you have to you have to get to those uh, places where you have to make like a real decision mm-hmm. that you know is gonna hurt someone else, yeah. but you feel like it's for the best, and that was one of those situations. So yeah. Um, yeah, that was um that was from a real perspective, man. But I mean, I think that's why the conviction is there with everything, because I mean everything comes from a real place. I'm yeah, not, yeah. I'm not telling like someone else's story. I'm, I'm capturing the emotions of my past and yeah. certain situations that have happened to me. So I just want to tell a real story about them. Yeah, yeah. And the the music too, it just, that it accompanies you know your lyrics and it just it fits so well together. And it, it, it doesn't overpower your words or your voice, and they it's just one complete meal, mm-hmm. and it, it's so good. And so I've, I've been listening to it just to, to get ready for this. Um, what What is your writing process like? What What is it like when you get stuck? <laughs> Has there been songs you, you started a year or so ago and barely finished, or do you knock them out? Uh, me, personally... <clears throat> I go for the road that is uh, that has uh, least resistance. Okay. So, me personally, 
I think I have a very weird writing process because I just go over beats. Like if I just see beats, whether it's on YouTube or someone sent me a package of beats, I just go over beats. And then whichever one hits me, like I don't okay. feel like I'm writing. Whichever one hits me and I'm like that emotion comes out of me and those words hit, yeah. then that's what I run with. It's almost like I hear music above my head. It's almost like I, I just, the, the song is here. Okay. But I just have to tap into the right channel. It's like I'm scrolling, I'm scrolling, yeah. and then it's like, oh, it's that one. I, I need to grab that. Yeah. You know what I mean? So some beats I'll hear, and I really like the beat, but no words will come because I maybe it's not the right time. Maybe mm. I'm not supposed to write to it at this point in time. Maybe I'll have a deeper emotional connection with it at a later time. So me personally, I just go to the beats, and then when I have that emotional connection and I hear... I, tap into that channel above my head and it's like those words just come to me yeah. it's like a melody kind of just flows on it and I'm like oh this is the one yeah. and that's how I kind of start writing I just uh, just start writing from a real place once I write a few lines I'll figure out conceptually where we want to go Okay. Um, so that's usually how I write I do write sometimes where I just write like I'll be just walking around and I just think of a dope concept and I'll just write a concept down okay. and then I might hear a beat and I go oh I think that concept will work really good on there um, or I just write like when I'm as far as from a rap perspective I just write lines all the time I think of clever lines and I'll just write them and yeah. then sometimes I'll just piece together a verse of these lines and go oh that's great for that you know yeah, type yeah. of thing so that's that's really how my writing process works I really don't think I write much I mean I'm obviously writing it but I think God is like when, yeah. when it's the right time and I hear the the right song, I know exactly what to say. Yeah, and with with your new music coming out that you were talking about, um, mm -hmm. what is what is this chapter of music of your yeah. life? What is? Can you give yeah. us a little? Um, I think <clears throat> the next from? the yeah. next uh, iteration of music that I'm going to be putting out is um, probably going to be. Uh, from a happier place this time. Okay. It's like, don't be as yeah. like somber as like some of my older stuff or as aggressive as like a killmonger, but it's definitely still going to have inflections of like black love, mm. black pain. I'm always going to be pro-black in my music. That's just going to be one of those staples. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I have some stuff that's like really dance type songs. Um, I have uh, other songs that are like, it's almost like Afrobeat. Okay. Um, I have uh, uh, also other rap songs and things of that nature and then I have uh, another if was still that a relationship jerker I wrote a song called Toxic that's done it's really good um, and it kind of reminds me of like some 90s R&B oh, nice. um, I just want to it's going to be an iteration of a lot of different genres like yeah. I think what I represent is just like genreless and I really want to embody that in every yeah. way shape or form so um, that that's what people can expect yeah and then who do you who do you either look to or just musically who do you who do you love like what love yeah yeah I think some of my musical influences obviously hometown guy Prince Rogers my favorite artist ever um, very versatile obviously his musical ear was almost untouched by anybody I, I would arguably say he's the greatest musician ever yeah. just because he used to play every instrument literally the bass the guitar right. the drums the piano like and he'd sing you know and he could go from bass to Soprano, which is crazy, that, yeah. that type of range. So when I think about someone like that, that's probably my biggest musical influence. Um, uh, some people that are um, uh, that are more uh, current, I would probably say like a Mali music is okay. really dope to me. I really uh, like how he does things. 
Um, let me see. There's been some people I've been introduced to lately. Pink Sweats is okay. a new guy that I, I someone put me on to, and he's really dope. He's very, uh, very raw. Um, and just his beats are naked, and he just puts, like, dope melodies on them. They're just, yeah. I really like it. That guy, he's he's dope. Um, yeah, check him out. Pink Sweats is dope. Um, and um, yeah, I try to listen to more underground guys, but I guess if I would say from a rap perspective, I mean, my favorite rapper ever was Tupac Shakur. Um, I, I'm very, uh, I'm very inspired by him because of the conviction that he put in every song. It didn't mm-hmm. matter which emotion he was talking about, he could embody it, which I love. Like, yeah. if you hear that, and I think I try to show that in my own music when you hear like a killmonger it's believable yeah. because it is but when you hear a rent it's also believable because that is a part of me as well so um i think i, I definitely think about him when i'm writing my music and I, I i stay like i have to give real conviction if it's not feeling real to me then it ain't real you know yeah, what I mean? yeah. so i just gotta feel that emotion when i'm creating but yeah. i would probably say those are all the artists that i i'm probably listening to right now other than Oh, also Nipsey Hussle. Nipsey Hussle yeah. is definitely, rest in peace, um, huge influence on me. Just from, like, speaking about business and ownership and um, from a black perspective, like, that that's my guy. Like, yeah. he put, also put that conviction in his music heavily. Yeah. You believe him, so. With, with, um, with being religious, I know sometimes, at least from, like, people I've talked to, mm-hmm. sometimes it gets... It could, um, your faith can falter or whatever. You get frustrated with life and then you're wondering, like, why is this happening? Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> how do you, how do you keep it? How do you, um, the, the times of frustration of, of feeling really low? Yeah, I think, um, man, I tried to, I tried to quit so many times. I'm not going to lie. Like, I, yeah. I'm going to keep it a hundred. Like, I tried to quit this thing I'm doing so many times and just go do what I want to do. Um, but there's just some sort of once you have experience with somebody it's almost like it's almost like a relationship where someone yeah. kind of has like a, a pull on your heart and then you try to go run run way 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 far and then something still hooks you back you know what I mean yeah. it's like if you got a fish on the line and the fish is swimming way far away but you still got you're it still. so you're still reeling it back in and you don't even realize the well the fish doesn't realize he's being reeled back in because he's still feeling like he's swimming that way mm-hmm. but you're being reeled back in and it's all because of, of uh, it's a it's a love thing you know what I mean so I think uh, for me personally I was actually going, I'm going, to leave, going to leave the church I was raised in church but I wouldn't say that I knew God or anything like that I'd sing but it wasn't from a real place so when I was like 17 I don't really like to pull too many punches. I don't like to play games. So I kind of told God, I gave him like an ultimatum, like, hey, bro. I said, hey, I don't know you, but my parents have had me here, you know what I mean, in church and things of that nature. I said, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to do everything that they teach us to do, whether that's fast, pray, mm-hmm. read my word all, all, all the time. I'm going to really give this like a real shot, right? And if I don't, and I told him, if I don't see you, if I don't feel your presence, if I don't hear you, nothing. And I'm, I'm going to leave the church and I'm not coming back. Yeah. And so I think God, well, he obviously took me up on the challenge because I started to see like supernatural things and I would uh, see dreams and visions and it would be all type of crazy stuff that I can't really explain. It sounds nuts, but yeah. it's it's real. I would see the future a lot. Like, and I mean, literally I'd get to the place where I've seen in the past and I'd blow. Wow, I've been here before. Like, I've seen yeah. this. And um, it's, it's really bananas when you, I think... 
if anyone ever gave God that real shot, and I mean like a real shot, like I was doing everything. I, I would fast for a day, or mm-hmm. fast for three days, and read my Bible, and like I would be disciplined. I would wake up every day at six, seven, and pray for an hour. I'd put myself on a time clock. I'm gonna pray for one hour, and yeah. then before it's to bed, I'm gonna pray another hour. And I think a lot of people. Before they leave the church, they don't give God that amount of time because if you dedicate yourself just a, t- a smidgen to God, like if you show a certain level of dedication and discipline, he he's gonna show you. Now, if you leave after that, that's your thing, that's your own deal. But he's gonna he's gonna prove himself to you. It's gonna be real to you more than just like hand clapping and foot stomping in church. It's gonna be real. And he's gonna show you he's bigger than the church. He's gonna show you. He's as big as this world is. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. bigger, really. I mean, you you will be amazed at the things that he's interested in and the things that he his footprint is in i mean obviously he's he's navigating everything you know so everything is working by his word everything is in balance by his word so you just started to realize that how mindful he is about small situations in your life and you'll start to realize like dang god is huge man this is nuts so that's how everything worked with me but as far as like when i try to falter and it's just a love thing. I love him now, so it's it's, it's hard to go. It's, you know, it's I, I try to go a lot, but I don't because I'm like I love this yeah. guy. You know, whatever his ideas, I can't even necessarily try to put parameters on or say, oh, he's like this. My experience has been he's very merciful, hmm. faithful, and loyal, and I think he knows the type of person I am. I'm a, I'm a very loyal person, so if someone's been loyal to me. I can't just leave him in the cold. Yeah. I gotta be loyal back. I, I feel like I owe him that at the very least. So that's how I stay around, man. Yeah, it's just yeah. a love thing. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. And um, with with your son, what is what is something you're excited about that that you got to do as a kid? Because I know, like for me, it's it's gonna be like Super Mario games, like with me and my son, <laughs> uh, Dragon Ball Z, like all the stuff I did as a kid. So what what are you looking forward to? Uh, to do with him oh man I think first I think I can't wait until he can actually know when I'm like because I'm putting a studio in my house I can't wait till he actually figures out like certain things I'm doing musically and oh, then nice. he, maybe we can work on a song together because I think he's going to be very musical mm-hmm. um, and I think that'll be something that's really tight it's just like working on some music with him or when he learns how to play an instrument we're just jamming out yeah. uh, like a family um, or even when he plays sports like that, that's going to be yeah. crazy I can't wait for that that's yeah. like going to be the fun part like I feel like the baby stage is it was cool for me but it was a little difficult because it's so hard trying to do something for somebody that can't talk. It's like, yeah. oh my goodness, man. This is like so difficult because I'm like, I'm used to having the answer. So it's yeah. like, you know, I, his mom did a great job and uh, she definitely uh, helped me out because, man, that was one of the toughest times, man. I was like, yo, this yeah. is tough. This is really tough. But yeah. now that he's older, he can obviously talk and like point things out. So it's getting easier and easier. Yeah. But I really feel like I'm going to shine when he gets about like Six, seven. I'm nice. Shy. Yeah, That's yeah. My time to what can I ask? How old he is? Yeah, he's three. He's three. Oh, okay. So yeah, and so yeah, I I'm in the the middle where he is. Uh, he can talk a little bit, 
but he's frustrated when yeah. me and my wife don't get it. Like, what are you trying to say? And he'll just cry and throw yeah. a fit. Yeah. I'm sorry, I don't know what you want. Yeah. And um, yeah, no, I definitely. Uh, so I'm, I'm. So one more year, then I guess. I gotta yeah. wait. <laughs> one more year. Almost there. Uh, yeah. And so you were talking a little bit about um, you're opening a group home, and and you do some work with some group homes. Mm-hmm. Can you talk a little bit about that? Like, what, why, why does that mean a lot to you? Sure. And. Um, it, or about the the group home sure, you're opening. Sure, I mean outside from a business perspective, I think it is a good business to get into. But outside of that, um, my brother used to work at uh, homes with with uh, individuals that uh, had mental disabilities and things of that nature. He so he actually got me into that when I was like 18. I used mm. to just work in them, but I wasn't really like thinking much of it. I was just it was just a job at that point. But I had done it for so long, I had started to see the humanity in the people more so than just the disability. Mm. And so I, I kind of seen how they, they were kind of ostracized and treated in certain ways. And so yeah. um, me personally, I wanted to be of assistance in that because I had been doing it for so long. I was like, man, I could really help out in this sector and I could really mm-hmm. treat these people with respect and, 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 and make sure that they're treated with that same level of fairness and choice that, you know, that normal people have or whatever, right? right? So um, th- that's kind of what gave me that idea. Yeah. Um, so I just have random questions now for the for the end, and then um, but yeah, that's that'll be that'll be it. Thank you again for for your time. Uh, do, where can people find you? Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, so I, on every social all social media, it's Darius Malik, even on YouTube or Apple Music, iTunes, uh, uh, Amazon, Google Play, anything. Yeah, it's yeah. Darius Malik, and Malik is spelled M Y L I K. I should spell my first name too, because. D A R I U S and then Malik is M Y L I K and you'll be able to find me. You can Google me and it'll it'll pop up. So got music on all social platforms and uh, or uh, all streaming platforms and then YouTube, even SoundCloud I'm on there yeah. too. So yeah, they can check me out. Cool, for sure. Um, so then, uh, what's something that started out badly for you, but then it ended up being amazing? Hmm. Uh, I think it's a great question. I would probably say having my son, mm-hmm. um, because I had my son out of wedlock. So um, when I first initially found out I was having a son, I was distraught because I was not in any way, shape, or form in a good space to have a son. I didn't have like a regular job. Yeah, I was like just driving Uber. I didn't have a place to stay. Mm-hmm. I was wasn't even out of college. I was I had like a year left, so I was like, "Oh man, I'm about to have a son, and then I got to finish college." This is yeah, that's right. So um, that was, I think, probably one of the toughest times of my life. I was probably the closest time I've ever been to depressed. Mm. I wouldn't say like I, you know, a lot of people just play like, "Oh yeah, everyone's been depressed now." I would never say I was depressed, but I definitely was the most sorrowful time. Mm. That was the most sorrowful time in my life personally because. I just didn't want to bring him in the world in that situation. Yeah. Um, and so, but I, I didn't believe in abortion. So I was like, I guess I got to just eat it. You know what I mean? And I just got to turn some things around. So I basically thought my life was over at that point. Like I, in real life. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> by the grace of God, I made it through um, a lot of support by people that love me. Mm. Um, and uh, just having to make those tough decisions like my dad talked about, you know. Um, I had to, I had to, I had to realize that I was living for something greater than me at that point. Now, so he needed me, so I needed to make certain decisions to get our situation afloat. So, I got a job, um, 
and I started working a regular job, and I hate regular jobs, but I got one, and yeah. I, um, you know, everything's okay now as far as, you know, I bought a house and everything, and obviously I love him, he's here with me now at yeah. the podcast, and um, he's a great son, he's real, real well-mannered, um, he's, he's, he's a joy, so yeah. um, I think that probably was that's it. A, that's an awesome answer, yeah, <laughs> that, that, and that makes sense, I remember um, when our son was, that, that first year or so, I'm just not sleeping and just tough, and I, I'm afraid if I sneeze loud they're they're gonna explode like I I'm just everything I was I was scared but um, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, would you rather be able to teleport anywhere or be able to read minds oh I like this um, I want to be able to teleport anywhere read minds is cool but I kind of yeah, whatever. Like, yeah, okay, yeah. I don't think I need to really see what everyone is thinking at all times. That'd be kind of weird. But teleport anywhere is cool because I yeah. love to travel. Yeah. So I'd love to just pop into London or South Africa. Right that now. would be, yeah. That'd be sweet. That'd yeah, be tight. Like that. um, what food is delicious, but it's a pain to eat? <laughs> uh, I think, what's that food that makes you tingly? Pineapples. Pineapples yes. are really good. Yes. Like, they make your mouth feel weird. Like, yeah, like you're being poisoned in a way. You're not being poisoned, but yeah. it kind of feels like you are. Yeah. your tongue is like really numb and weird. Yeah, but they're really good. Yeah. So yeah, pineapple. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm I'm a teacher, and sometimes we'll have pineapple for snack, and yeah. we we get the legit like a pineapple with the yeah. cut it open and then do the thing. That's the one. Not the one that comes like in the little. No, can. no. Yeah, yeah. No. that takes yeah that takes forever. Um, <laughs> would you rather be uh, constantly tired or uh, constantly hungry? I can't be yeah. tired all the time now. I feel yeah. like I can't. I get bad when I'm tired because I just, I, I feel like, I mean, how tired are we talking? Because if you get too tired, your body will just shut down. It'll shut down. Yeah, yeah. anywhere. <laughs> like, you'll literally yeah. just be sitting there in your sleep. You for, you don't even remember that you're asleep. you just yeah. gone. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I'd just rather be hungry all the yeah. time. <laughs> um, what takes up too much of your time? Um, work. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I hear you. Uh, and if you can make, um, let's say, like a five-minute phone call to yourself in the, the past or the future, um, who would you call and what would you say? What age would I be? Uh, if you can call yourself call and have like a five-minute conversation. What would I tell myself? Yeah, either past or future. Um, I'd tell my past self to slow down. Okay. Let things come to you. It's not a rush. Yeah. That's what I would tell myself. Yeah. Cool. And then that that's it, man. Thank you so much again appreciate for doing you. this. I no, appreciate you, man.